With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, ghouls and guys. Do you like to get spooky and stay spooky? Then check out our podcast, The Golden Ghouls. Each week, we talk about our favorite things, ghosts and the paranormal. Sound like a good time? Then give us a listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. Hey everyone, welcome back to Paranormal. I'm your host, Marie Adaranti, and I am alone on the podcast today. My usual co-host, Victoria, is away in Poland. So I'm all alone at work. I'm alone in life. I'm alone on this podcast. Um, So as you can see, I guess this episode started off a bit differently than most of my other episodes. I had a promo at the beginning of this one. So check out the Golden Ghouls podcast. Um, They're super funny. It's like a mix of my favorite murder and a paranormal podcast. It's I love it. Like I I honestly love listening to them. They always make me laugh. It's a good time. So check them out. And um, the other thing you might have noticed that was different is my opening music. And so this week and the last episode that I had, we had different opening music. Um, So I really wanted to start supporting more female artists. And I had found uh, from last week, um, I had found the song Lucky Charm by Mimi Olsen. And I love it. It's a beautiful song. Very well written. Um, She's super, super, super talented. Um, But I just, while I loved it and it was super, super creepy, it wasn't upbeat enough for me. It was a little too laid back. So I spent some more time kind of researching. And then I found this track by Jenny Roos called Midnight Tavoli. Um, And I really liked that one. So um, check them both out. They're both very good female artists and um, super, super talented. Um, What else? I I had I feel like I had to go over a couple things. I'm late a week. Like, are you guys are you guys like honestly surprised at this point? You uh, I missed a week. I missed a week in between recordings. It's been three weeks instead of two weeks. Usually I'm biweekly. You know, I'm supposed to be. Um, But um. I had a death in the family, so I think I'm excused uh, from not posting. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, that happened and I should be back on track now. I mean, uh, I don't really have like I didn't not a lot of stuff kind of happened to me the last few weeks. Victoria has gone, like I said, so like I'm pretty bored. I'm all alone. Um, But anyways, (laughs) All right, we should start with a shout out to a listener named Teresa, who sent me an email and just let me know that she is a blogger and an influencer, and she wrote a little blog about my podcast. So I really, really wanted to give a shout out to her blog. It is Teresa's, and that's without an H, so T-E-R-E-S-A-S, and then big O, 
Uh.com. So Teresa's big opinion is what it's for. And I just wanted to say thank you so much to her for writing about my podcast, number one. And um, number two, I just wanted to give her a shout out because I read some of her other entries and she's a really good writer. And I think that you guys should go read it. <laughs> All right. Um, now I did get, I got some pretty good stories, let's just say. Um, I had this one story written to me by a girl named Jessica um, about her visiting her grandma's farm. And um, I also had a girl who I'm part of um, a Facebook group called, okay, like if anyone here doesn't listen to My Favorite Murder, I mean, I obviously highly recommend it is the one of the greatest podcasts that I've ever listened to, to be honest with you. So uh, I'm part of like a Facebook group. I'm part of actually three different <laughs> Facebook groups regarding that podcast. So one of them is just like the standard podcast Facebook group. Then I'm also a part of like, so like people who listen to this podcast are huge fans of it. They call them murderinos. Um, and so I'm part of like the murderinos of Hamilton, Ontario, where I live. Uh, and I'm also a part of the Murderino uh, Paranormal Society. So like people who love paranormal shit and they also love the podcast My Favorite Murder. So I'm like a part of all of those. So I had um, one girl, she had commented on the Murderino uh, Paranormal Society group uh, and she had posted her own personal story and I read it and I was like, girl, please let me share this on my podcast. And she wrote back and was like, yeah, for sure you can. So I've got Stacy, one of my Murderino, uh, I guess, like, comrades from the Murderino Paranormal Society. Um, I have her her story to read today. And then uh, I checked over the last three weeks what city listened to me the most, and it was uh, Chicago. So Chicago, Illinois. I've got a story about the Italian bride that I'm going to read to you guys, uh, or... Um, Mount Mark Carmel Cemetery uh but I picked the story of the Italian bride because I was an Italian bride and so I felt like I, like I had to to use that one anyway okay so I think I'm going to start with Stacy's story first from the Murderino page and then um I will go to Jessica's story which she emailed in to me and then I will move to um the one the hometown haunt and Jessica's story, can I just say, was fucking terrifying to me and I couldn't sleep after I read it. So enjoy, guys. Okay, this is Stacy's, uh, the, my murderino pal. <laughs> okay, so uh, she says, I love reading all the per personal stories everybody posts here. I have one of my own that I would like to share. I currently live in a house in eastern Washington state that was built in 1889. It's got a clawfoot tub, original handles, creaky wood floor, bathroom off of the kitchen, steep, narrow stairs, you know, the works. I'm so jealous because it sounds like my dream house. Um, we currently rent one half of a side-by-side -side duplex. The house was originally built that way, although for a long period of time, there was an arched doorway between the two, making it one house for a family to share. At one point, the family that used to live in the home had come to visit and see the renovations that had been done. While they were here, a young man walked up to the base of my stairs and looked up, saying quietly, so many bad memories. Oh my god. I was sitting nearby and was desperate to inquire what he meant, um, but I don't think he wanted anyone to hear him. I've always wondered about that moment. That was it for about a year. 
I was looking for some spooky activity. The house is so old, there had to be something there. We heard and felt nothing at first. No apparitions, no creepy noises at first. But after being here for three years, I have to share the things that I've noticed. They don't scare me, but I find the experiences fascinating. Number one, ghost cat. And can I say, the second I read the words ghost cat, I was like, yep, I'm going to ask her if I can read this fucking story. (laughs) So she says, ghost cat. Yesterday was the first time I actually saw the dark gray cat out of the corner of my eye. I saw the cat walk in and sit down to watch me clean the kitchen stove, wrapping its tail around itself as it sat. I noticed him or her in my peripheral vision and assumed it was one of my three kittens or kitties. Then my senior cat walked in to drink some water and I looked down to smile at him. Not one foot away from where I saw the dark gray animal uh, or he was not one foot away from where I saw the dark gray animal and there was nothing there. This was maybe all of three seconds. Both my husband and I have felt it walk on the bed next to us. So much so I held my breath and felt it walking next to my feet popped up and nothing was there probably 30 times. We've joked about our ghost cat. It's so often. We, we are starting to hear a scratchy meow, much different than our animals, and going into our closet two days ago, I felt two cats rubbing my ankle, and there was only one cat there. That's I'm sorry, that's so cute. Um, the, the ghost cat loves you. <laughs> Number two is, just she's titled it, Smell. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, while talking to my husband recently, I asked him if he noticed the perfume recently, and he stopped short and asked what kind of perfume. I told him I had recently noticed a smell strongly in certain spots at the top of the stairs and the base of the stairs. Not wafting, but stationary. Kind of like an orchid perfume. Is that a thing? And he agreed that that's the exact smell he's noticed. Within minutes, we walked out of the kitchen, passing the base of the stairs, and both of us smelled the orchid scent. Number three. Next door has a strange energy. Our home is one half of a duplex, as I mentioned. Kind of mirror images of each other, our homes match in detail just facing the opposite direction, but the energy over there is cold and dark. Even with renovations, it still feels empty and echoey. Our landlord rents the unit out as an Airbnb, and we have a variety of guests that come to stay, and they all end up fighting. The landlord and the contractor were fighting during the renovations. The couple that lived there before would fight often, lots of screaming and yelling involved in all of these fights. None of these people I would describe as confrontational or angry, but if they stayed there for longer than a week, everyone ends up in a knockdown, drag-out yelling match. Several of these fights have spilled over to our home, whether with noises through the walls or oddly phrased stories about their lights, somehow attempting to involve my husband and I. Or about their fights. Oddly phrased stories about their fights, not their lights. (laughs) Uh, I help out managing the space sometimes, so I go into the unit when it's empty. I literally say hello as I enter. Gut instinct says treat the energy with kindness. I'm considering saging and baking a loaf of bread over there to bring positivity, but I honestly have a funny fear that it may enrage whatever's there. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, There's a closet door upstairs next door that I have experimented with. If I close it, it always opens itself a little. I assumed stepping on old floorboards could do that, so I left the tiny closet door wide open. The next day, the door was in the same fashion, open just a little with it nearly closed. So I sage and palo santo my home weekly, and if I don't, I can feel a funny energy creeping in. We share walls with the other unit, so I try to keep the space I'm in clean and clear. 
I have had a bout with anxiety and depression since we've lived in this space and I didn't connect the things until recently. I've had dreams of people pressing their screaming faces through the walls and into our home. I've placed crystals against that wall for a long time at the advice of a slightly psychic friend. That same friend said she picked up an energy of an old of a mean old woman angry and manipulative upstairs in our home which is particularly interesting to me seeing as that is the energy our longer term neighbors begin to show my husband works a ton and isn't home much but he even he agrees it's all a little odd so fucking spooky i love the ghost story i'm terrified of the faces coming out of stacy's wall Please just continue to sage that home, Stacey, and thank you for letting me share your story and stay sexy, don't get murdered. Um, and it's just, you know, thank you for letting me share your experience. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're going to go over to Jessica's story, which she emailed me. So Jessica, this this email's good. It's long, but like, stay with me. This story was scary to me. I mean, like, it wasn't scary, but I was whatever. Anyways, okay, you'll you'll see. So (laughs) she says, hey, Marie, I just wanted to start this email by letting you know I love your podcast. I just wish that you would update it more often. I mean, same girl, you, me, and everybody else. (laughs) Whenever I see a new episode, I get so excited. Listening to you in Victoria makes me feel like I'm hanging out with my besties and I just can't get enough. I'm mad at myself for binge listening to your episodes because now I have to wait patiently for the next one to arrive. Anyway, the reason for this email is to tell you about my spooky ghost stories. I've always had the ability to sense things. My mom told me that from a young age, I always knew things were going to happen before they actually happened. And although I had lost, I have lost this ability through the years, I guess I'm still a lightning rod for activity because weird things always seem to happen around me. Small things like belongings being moved around, hearing noises like doors opening and closing when no one else is home, and my animals staring into space and following something I can't see are regular occurrences. Creepy? Yes. But I've grown used to them and I'm not being harmed, so I just coexist in peace. Girl, I feel you. That's so cute. I love that. Um, Although I've had all of these things, all of these small things happen to me, I've only ever seen what I believe to be a ghost one time. My grandma lives on a farm in Saskatchewan. The property had been in my family since her parents immigrated to Canada. She was born and raised on that property. My mom, dad, and I moved to British Columbia when I was about four years old. I haven't been to the family farm since then. Not to sound like a dick, but my grandma would much rather visit Vancouver every year than have me hanging about in the flat prairies on her farm, worried that I'd be bored to death. And I so appreciate it. (laughs) Anyway, last summer, my boyfriend broke up with me and I decided that I wanted to go visit my relatives in Saskatchewan and stay at my grandma's farm. I needed out of the city and just wanted to be left in peace and quiet and around nature. 
While I was at the farm, my grandma had asked me to walk to the end of her extremely long gravel driveway to fetch the mail for her. When I got to the end of the driveway, there was a boy standing there who looked to be about 10 years old. He had old clothes on, but I figured he was just a farming boy and was out helping on the neighbor's farm down the road and needed something from my grandma. We said hello and he asked me who I was and I told him, I'm Mary's granddaughter. He told me his name was William and that he came to apologize to my grandma for taking one of her dolls and burying it under a tree. I was all, okay kid, I'll let her know, grabbed the mail, said goodbye, and went on my way. I got to the house and chuckled as I told my grandma the story. She looked very confused at first. The neighbor's kids had all grown and left ages ago, and she couldn't remember the last time she had a doll in the house. Since I had left for uh, British Columbia, wait. And she couldn't remember, oh, probably since I had left for British Columbia years prior. Uh, we carried on with our day, but she kept looking confused and kept muttering to herself, trying to work out who the little boy could be. Finally, while we were eating dinner, she asked me what the little boy looked like. I described him in detail. Then she started laughing, a shocked kind of laughed and laugh and said, oh my God, Billy. Like, Billy? Really, Grandma? Can you elaborate? She went on to tell me that Billy was her neighbor when she was a child, and she used to, and he used to play jokes on her all the time. She remembers very specifically that she had left a doll outside when her mother called her in to help with something. When she came back out, there was Billy, covered in dirt with a smirk on his face. She couldn't find the doll that she had uh, left on her porch, and he insisted that he didn't take it, but she knew he was lying. Billy ended up getting very sick and passing away when they were kids. I asked her what tree he could be talking about. She thought on it for a minute and said, you know, there was this big old tree in the back of the property that we used to play by all the time. We just called it the tree, but it could be any tree, really. Like, okay, thanks, Grandma. Anyway, the next day, I decide I'm going to find this fucking doll. So I grab a shovel. I start my adventure to the back of the property. I don't find a big tree, but I did find a huge tree stump. So I'm like, hell yes, it's digging time. I, <laughs> I start digging around this stump. I don't even know how much time passed, but I had dug about a two foot deep hole all the way around this stump and couldn't find a single thing. I started to fill the hole back up when all of a sudden I see brown cloth in the mound of dirt that I had already dug up. I tug at it and sure enough, it is a tiny wooden doll in a dress. I screamed, jumped up and down, and yes, I cried. I finished filling the hole and I ran back upstairs to my grandma's house. I showed her the doll and asked her what if this was it, to which she replied, Honey, I don't know. I was a child back then. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma, in all caps with a bunch of exclamation marks. Oh, I'm still convinced it was the ghost of Billy at the end of the driveway, despite Grandma not being able to confirm firm, nor deny the identity of her doll. Anyway, thank you for reading this and for being a great outlet for me. You're more than welcome to share the story for the podcast. Stay spooky, Jessica. Jessica, that's got to be one of my favorite emails. So good. Oh, man. Anybody who needs any pointers on telling stories, just follow Jessica's lead. So fucking good. Thank you, Jessica. All right. I guess we're going to get into our story from Chicago, Illinois. So, this is a story of Mount Carmel Cemetery and Julia Petta, a.k.a. the Italian Bride. And apparently, this is in Hillside, Illinois. Okay. So, 
this cemetery is the burial place, uh, burial place of Al Capone, which is funny because the last episode that I fucking did, we talked about Albion Falls and oh my god i have to tell you guys the craziest story about albion falls but anyways so albion Falls, it was at albion falls uh and um i like mentioned al capone for some for some reason in that episode but anyway so he's come back for he's come back to us this episode so this this cemetery is the burial place of al capone and um a lot of other chicago's gangsters and uh it's also the final resting place of julia petta she has become known over the years as the Italian bride, and she's become famous because of the fact that over the course of six years, her body did not decay. So Julia passed away in childbirth in 1921 when she was 20 years old. Shortly after the burial, her mom had begun having really weird dreams where uh, her daughter would tell her that she was still alive and she needed her help. The dreams continued for six years, uh, during which time her mom tried without success to have the daughter's grave opened again. Finally, she was able to get permission to have the body exhumed, and when the casket was opened, Julia's body was found to have not decayed at all. There's a photo of it, um, and it's actually mounted to the gravestone, so you can Google it. Um, but they have a photo of her body in the casket after six years, after it was dug up, and you can see in the photo that it hasn't decayed at all. Um, and it's basically supposed to show proof that her body was like fully intact after she was exhumed after six years. And there's never been an explanation that has ever been found as to why it, why that happened. Um, the grave monument shows the, also shows a life-sized figure of her in a wedding dress. Um, and there's a portrait of that, uh, also mounted to the gravestone. Um, let me see here. So if you look closely at the photo, you can actually see that the coffin is muddy and it's in poor condition, but she, her, she just looks like she's sleeping in it. Um, and there are reports that have circulated over the years that a woman in white has been seen in the vicinity of her Julia's grave. Late night travelers on the nearby street say that this woman appears to wander across the cemetery and she seems to be wearing a glowing bridal gown. Uh, the Mount Carmel, Cemet or Carmel Cemetery is located in Hillside, Illinois, and can be reached off of Roosevelt Road. Julia's grave is located near the old cemetery gate and is easily recognizable thanks to the life-size statue of her on top of the monument. And this came from a website called prairieghosts.com slash mount underscore caramel and I think that they like the title of the website is Weird and Haunted Chicago. And the guy who wrote it um, was Troy Taylor. So thanks for letting me read your story about Julia Petta, Troy Taylor. Um, yeah, I, I guess I can tell you guys a really quick story before I go. Because um, it's not like we're like hard up for time here. Like it's only been, what, 22 minutes? Usually these things are like an hour, so it's fine. Um, but... So the craziest thing fucking happened to me the other day. Um, and I think that there's like a little bit of a paranormal story behind it. So I was having a weird day, just like a lot of things that happened to me that day that normally didn't happen that kind of set my 
day on a weird track where everything was delayed or some things happened too soon and it was just like nothing was going right and it was frustrating and I was fighting with people who I love and it was just shitty. So um, at one point I called my brother. I was super frustrated. I was upset and I asked him, you know, can you come over? And uh, his car was at his friend's, so it was like this big to-do, but I really needed somebody to come over. My husband was gone at that point in time. He was up north. I didn't want to sleep alone. I was afraid to be alone. So I was like, it's cool. Like, I'll come pick you up. I'll take you to your friend's house, get your car, and then like, or I'll take you to your friend's house to get your car, and then we'll go back to my house. So fine. So I do this and then on my way home, I'm passing Albion Falls, which I talked about in my last episode where people are like saying that you can see the ghost of the girl who jumped, which I didn't. But I'm driving down the road and I see this young girl running down the road and I see um, like middle aged woman chasing her and the middle aged woman is flagging down my car and I'm fucking like every instinct in me told me you're about to get murdered. Keep going. That's so terrifying. But for some reason, I stopped on a dark road where like there's not it's not like there's not like stores or anything around like there's houses kind of close. They're not on the road. They're on side streets like it probably wasn't the smartest idea, but I am glad that I stopped. So I stop and the woman basically tells me that's my daughter. She's like in distress. I think she's going to go try and jump off of the falls. Please call 911. I don't have my phone. So I call 911. I chase the girl in my car. I don't let the mom in my car because I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if you've just attacked this young female. I don't know if you have a knife. I have no idea. So I call 911. I'm following their instructions. Sure enough, this girl is walking to the fall. Like she is wa- she is hightailing it to the edge of the waterfalls. And I'm just freaking out. Um I'm not going to get into detail about what was spo- what what was spoken between me, the mom, the daughter. I'm not going to get into any of it. I'm just going to say that she's okay. The help came. Um, she did not jump. And um, once the officers arrived and had taken statements, I left and went home when they told me that I could go home. Um, but here's where the weird part. Here's the weird part. that comes into play so I get home I'm home for like two days and I get a message from the mom on Facebook and it turns out that she um we have a mutual we had a mutual friend and she found me on Facebook and she sent me a message just thanking me and the mutual friend that we had was my friend who um, passed away. He was murdered about a year ago, just over a year ago. So the only mutual, well, not the only mutual friend that I had, we had a few more, but all of the people that were mutual friends, we knew through him. I knew him. He was my friend. He introduced me to everybody else that was a mutual friend on my Facebook at that time. So me and my best friend, we used to go there. Uh, he was a chiropractor. So we used to go get um, like adjusted at his chiropractor office. And my best friend used to work for him, which is how I met all of these other people in his office. So my 
all my whole day it was like fucked up and I just think that he had something to do with it he must have had something to do with it because all of these there were so many weird little things that happened to me that day and every little weird thing that happened like led one into the other of me driving by at that exact moment and I'm not obviously not getting into it like I said but there were so many weird things and it was like a puzzle piece like one event just led to the other event led to the other event led to the other event which led to me driving by at that exact moment and the mom told me that like 30 cars had passed her and she had been driving or she had been running after her daughter for like 45 minutes and not a single car passed or stopped and I was the only car that stopped and it turns out that we had one mutual friend who passed away last year and that was it. I thought that it was I I know it could be a coincidence don't get me wrong but I just like I like to believe that he had something to do with it because it makes me feel better okay and that's that (laughs) and that's all I'm gonna say about that but anyways um I guess the episode's over I don't have anyone to have witty banter with this week Victoria gone she's like my only friend in the world but I mean you know it's fine Um, she should be back I think she's gone next week she should be back the week after that so hopefully she's on the next episode but I'm not going to hold her to it she's going to like Poland and then Iceland so she's probably going to be tired AF so like I can't blame her but anyways write me your spooky stories find me on Twitter or Instagram it's at splendora underscore or you can email them to to me it's adorantim at gmail.com um, and send me your spooky ghost stories. I obviously want to hear them. I want to read them. The podcast is back up and running. Like I'm committed to doing this bi-weekly again, maybe weekly if it tickles my fancy. Like if, if I get enough stories from you guys, I'll post it weekly, but I need stories and like I've got them, but like I just need enough so that I'm not worried about running out of them. So email them, email them to me. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and send me a DM with your spooky story and I will read it. I promise. And I guess that's it. Stay spooky. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.